Ladies and gents, James, I don't want to make a mistake. It is the right day, right? Today is, is, is my favorite day of the week. It's your favorite day of the week. S-H-I-T, gentlemen. So happy it's Thursday. Let's get this show going. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business, business Bros. Bros. Yeah, let's do it, him. Drop some yeah. heat for us, baby. All right, all you business pros out there with my crazy hair, before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, and drop a review. Help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings. We'll sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it, and if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz, schedule your time, and don't forget to follow us on all our social Social medias at Business Bros Pod. All right, everybody, we're so excited and honored to bring yet another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. We are on a highway to the danger zone with today's guest, a former F-16 Tomcat pilot, just like Maverick from Top Gun. And just like Maverick, our guest has a need, a need for speed, speedy results on your journey to becoming your best. Our guest knows that becoming your best is not a one and done event. Fighter pilots learn to fly every maneuver and every formation by practicing over and over again. And business owners need to be ready to do the same with our guests 12 principles of highly successful leaders six-step process to achieve any goal and his renowned flight plan flight plan for life you'll know that you have the right coach and team to help guide your wingman squadron and crew to ultimate success whether your organization needs help increasing productivity fighting off complacency, achieving goals, or creating a clear strategy and culture of excellence, our guest has the skills, knowledge, and experience to help you 10x your investment and watch your business take off. Joining us today from Becoming Your Best, Global Leadership, out of Heber City, Utah, best-selling author, motivational speaker, executive coach, and trainer, welcome to the show, Rob Schellenberger! You know, Rob set it up, man. Everything I could find out about you on, on Google. Great job marketing yourself, Rob. Woo! Well, man, I've got to say I'm ready to like go into the ring here. You know, I'm ready to go skydiving or something amazing because your energy is off the charts. I love it. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I got to start off with the fire uh, with the uh, the fighter pilot thing. I mean, I thought when I was a kid, this is one of the things I was going to do. I but. You know, growing up, now I can't even go on a roller coaster. I get sick. I can't even handle it going from one roller coaster to another. What's it like being a firefighter? I mean, flying so fast, you're like free in the air. Like, what's that? What's that feel like? Yeah, there, you know, there's two aspects to it. There's the people you're around, and the people you're around are amazing. Like, if you give a fighter pilot something to do, they get it done on time. They get it done. I mean, you don't even have to think about it again. It gets done. So the people, first of all, are incredible. And second, you know, flying the actual jet is amazing. It's a machine. The limiting factor is the human, not the machine. Mm. Uh, so you take, you know, the world's 
strongest roller coaster, whatever you felt, maybe it touched three or four G's. Uh, you know, the F-16 can sustain nine G's in a turn, which, you know, can put your lights out in about three to four seconds. Uh, and it's just a powerful, amazing machine. And it was an honor and a privilege to fly it. Dude, knocking you out. How, how like physically fit do you have to be? You're training. I mean, part of it is mental. You're going, you know, you're hauling ass really is what you're doing. And you're going against gravity. I mean, I've seen, I've seen, uh, who's that? I think it was Chip Gaines. He, uh, he got invited to, to go on a, on a jet. <laughs> and every time you have a civilian hop on those things and they hit some of those G's, you just hear them like, huh, huh, huh. that's all right. How does a fighter pilot train for that? You know, there's a huge amount of training. That's a good question. Uh, you know, for a fighter pilot, it's two years of training, one year of pilot training, some specialized training, and then about eight to nine months of training in the actual F-16. And this is all part of it. You go through physiology training, you know, human factors, how to G-strain, which is that breathing that you're talking about. We go out to New Mexico and sit in this centrifuge, which spins you around. And and that's a real ball of, you know, fun, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the the spin of death. Nobody likes it. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of training. They spend about anywhere between three to $4 million per pilot when it's all said and done to get you to the point where you're combat mission ready. So all of that goes into the training and, and human factors physiology is just one piece of the big equation. All right. So, I mean, first of all, I mean, you're, you're talking about spinning. I'm just thinking projectile vomiting. That's all I'm thinking when you're coming out of that thing. But all that training, all that preparation, I mean, you go in, you have a career that is memorable, that you can talk about, that people think is tremendously awesome, that Hollywood makes movies out of, and then you exit, right? Walk me through that. Okay, yeah, I'll try to keep it short. I'm gonna give you the short version. Uh, I was 16, I had no direction in life. It was a tough time for me. I was sitting in a 4th of July celebration, 50,000 people in the stands, and these F-16s flew over. And if you've ever watched that, you know, you feel the rumble in your chest, you feel the roar. And my brother and I looked at each other and said, someday we're going to fly those jets right over this stadium. Mm. And this vision was born. And this kid that had no focus suddenly had a laser focus. And in 2007, my brother and I both ended up becoming F-16 pilots and the Pentagon approved our flyby. And we did the flyby for that same festival in 2007. Incredible, uh. you know, top 10 type life experience. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> So we had 11 incredible years. You know, it's one of those things where you just say, I would not change a thing about it. It was amazing in every way. Some tough things too. You know, I lost some friends uh, mm -hmm. in some accidents, saving a group of Delta Force in Iraq, strafing the enemy. So there were some tough experiences too along the way, uh, but life-changing 11 years. And so in our book, the new book that we just released, Do What Matters Most, there's three high-performance habits that we share that anybody can do, but less than 1% of people do. And one of those is to have a written personal vision. And there's some unique ways in which we invite people to do that. Well, to that point, you know, my vision changed. I had some incredible experiences, but it's like when that chapter was coming to a close, it was time to close that book and open up another book. And there was a, a whole nother vision of what was still remaining in life. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. You know, you finish one chapter and, and then you ask, what's next? What other impacts can you have in the world? What what brings you satisfaction and fulfillment? So, you know, to answer your question, that was really one of those where as it came to a close, it was time to close that door and then start on my new vision, if you will. How, you know, I mean, the first vision that came to you, 
you were literally sitting there and it flew into your into your vision, right? Like it literally flew into your mind uh, as you were sitting in that stadium. So when when people transition, when they have a career like that, and now they got to shift, how do they find that vision? What was your process in finding out what that next thing in life was going to be? Because, you know, you have this, this, you're a pilot, right? So do you exit and you go into flying commercial jets? Do you go into, you know, flying as, as a, as, as a contractor? Like what, or do you just say, you know what, I'm done flying. I'm moving on to the next thing in my life. How does, how does that vision, that new vision come to fruition? Yeah. Great question. So all of those are options. I know friends that are flying. I have a bunch of friends, you know, friends flying in the airlines. I have friends who are contractors and all of those are great. Uh, for me, my new vision evolved a little bit slower than, you know, the 16 year old version did. And it was after being in the air force for about six or seven years. Uh, and I'll keep it short. Again, my father on one hand was over here, had never been in the military. He was studying what great leaders do that sets them apart from everyone else. You know, if you look at the top 10% of high performers, what do they do differently? And of course I was already fascinated with high performance. I mean, that was the world that I was in, you know, the jet itself, the people, and together we decided to start a company called Becoming Your Best Global Leadership. And our vision was to have a world-renowned training company because we found that there were 12 principles of highly successful leaders that you see over and over in the very best. And as you know, there's a huge need for leadership in our world right now. It's talked about oh, yeah. a lot, rarely done well. And so we wrote our first book around that, published that, built a training program. We've trained hundreds of organizations all over the world. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, Charles Schwab, the president of Rwanda, the Philippines, and had some amazing experiences. And so that that's what led to that transition. And it was very natural. It was it, it, it was very inspired. I'll call it inspired. And then that has led to what we just released three months ago, which is our new book, Do What Matters Most, which we were so excited about. And that really takes, and we can get into this if you'd like to, but really that takes some of the 12 principles focused on time management and productivity where we saw a huge need. And so that's what we took and made some additional research on focused on do what matters most. And, and we can talk more about that if you would like, but that's really how the evolution came about to make the transition. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's definitely talk about doing what matters most, because I think, you know, for an entrepreneur to be successful, they need to really buckle down. There are so many things that you can do in a day. So many things that'll keep you quote unquote busy, but not necessarily productive or moving you in the direction that you want to go in. Uh, and we'll spend year after year after year busy, but never, and, and, and look back and be like, dude, I'm in the same spot that I was two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. So doing what matters is important. What, you know, let's, let's kind of talk about those 12 principles and how they lead up to what, what matters most. Okay, great. So three of those 12 principles tied directly to time management and productivity. Uh, and everywhere we went, we saw a huge need for these. And we realized that, you know, there's a, they're just like you said, everyone's busy. And in the fighter pilot world, we use a term called task saturation. And it's mm -hmm. when there's so much happening in the cockpit that oftentimes you misprioritize what matters most, you know, like for example, your altitude. And unfortunately there are pilots who have crashed while looking at their radar and they hit into the ground in a perfectly good jet. Mm. And you ask, how is it possible to lose track of the ground? Well, in the entrepreneur world, as parents taking care of ourselves, we ask the same question. Is it possible to get so busy that we lose track of our priorities? And I think most of us would say we've been there. We've done that. We've yeah, experienced absolutely. that. And so we started this whole new arm of research that we now call the Do What Matters Most Research. And we found 
that 68% of people, to your point, felt like prioritizing their time as their number one challenge. Mm. And I think COVID has only amplified that because now you have to blend this work-life balance and everything that goes along with it. 84% of people did not have a process to prioritize their time and felt like if they had a simple process, it would have a huge impact in their life in prioritizing their time. So we developed a solution. We wrote Do What Matters Most. I think I have a copy here. We wrote Do What Matters Most. And we put in there three habits that less than 1% of people do. And we developed a process and the tools that go along with the development of these habits so that anybody who has the desire can apply these habits. And we've seen the impact it's had on thousands of people. And if you want to talk more about these, we can. The three habits are, number one, to develop a written personal vision. And you may say, well, you know, we've heard that a thousand times. Find your purpose, find your why, find your passion. For as much as it's being talked about, it's rarely being done. And only 2% of people in our research have a written personal vision. And we invite people to look at this a little differently. And in chapters three and four of the book, we walk through the how-to. Because people say it all the time, but very rarely do we hear a how do you do it. And we invite people to look at the five to seven roles that matter most in their life. And then develop a vision for each role. So as an mm-hmm. entrepreneur, what's your vision? Well, if you're a parent or a father or mother, how about as a father or mother and as a spouse? And personal is one of those roles. It's us taking care of ourselves, keeping the flame burning on our own candle. So habit number one is to have a written personal vision by role. Habit number two then gets more specific, and we call that roles and goals. In other words, taking those same five to seven roles and identifying one to four specific measurable goals that a person can focus on this year. In other words, what matters most to you this year in each role? And habit number three, the most important habit is pre-week planning. And it's taking that vision and the goals down to the daily and weekly level and following a similar process in that we look at our roles each week and we ask over the weekend, what can we do that matters most in a role this week and when will we do it? And we've developed an online calendar that you can use for Google or Outlook. We have paper planners that people can use. But those core three habits, less than 1% of people do. And when they do, it empowers someone to schedule their priorities rather than prioritize their schedule. Mm. That's a different way of looking at things. And you're, you're absolutely right. Most people don't do those things. Let's, let's start with the vision, right? Writing, writing the vision. So, you know, I teach, I teach high school, I teach 17 year old high school students. And these students are probably not, they're not the top of the class. These are the ones that have struggled in school for most of their careers. Uh, And in my class, that first week of school, one of the things we do, we write, well, first we do a vision board. They get to, you know, have a couple little goals that they want to accomplish in different areas of their life. Then we have magazines, they go out and cut pictures, then create essentially a collage of a vision board. Uh, And then we share it out and they post it on the wall so that every time they come uh, into the classroom, that vision is sitting in front of them wherever it is they posted. Uh, And then after that, they end up writing a vivid vision. And this is something that is more along the lines of a one year goal. So, you know, imagine, you know, for this example, you know, it's 2023, right? January, 2023, you just completed 2022. What, what are your, you know, we, we talked about business and stuff. So what are your sales goals for this year? You know, and, and I, and I ask them and I try to tell them to set the bar really high for themselves because when you set a low bar, the problem with setting a low bar is chances are you'll probably hit it. And then what? Right. And so I challenge them to push forward and it's really amazing to see them light up with the possibility of what life can offer. So I'm curious when you're talking about writing a vision and you know creating this vision, what does that look like? Is it does it look like a vision board? Does it look like a written activity? 
Uh, you know, what are some of those questions that we need to be asking to create a good vision for ourselves? Yeah, that's a great question. And huge kudos to you for doing that with these 17 year olds. I mean, could you imagine if every high school student had a written personal vision that was clear to them, that gave them direction? Uh, Focus. That'd be awesome. (laughs) It's exactly what happened. It's exactly what changed my life. And, and it's ironic that you bring that up. We're actually developing a school curriculum that schools can use. And right now there's a bunch of high schools around the country that are taking this into their schools and certifying some teachers within their schools to train it. Um, Mm. Because it's so powerful. If we can reach our younger generation, how powerful is the long-term impact of that? Uh, So to your question, chapters three and four of the book are focused on why having a written personal vision is so important. And then the other chapter is on the how-to. And so I'll just give a couple of high-level overviews. And, you know, there's so many different ways to do it. I love a vision board. A vision board is such a great thing to have, right? Because it, it, it does more of what we're talking about. It aligns us around what matters most. What we invite people to do specifically in the book, book is identify the five to seven roles that matter most to them. So taking a 17-year-old as an example, student would be one of their roles. Maybe a brother or sister or son or daughter. Uh, could be athlete, maybe, within school or whatever club they're participating in. And then develop a vision for that role. And we invite people to use the words, I am, rather than I will or someday, because we're creating the mental reality prior to the physical reality. And at least in the way that we invite people to do it here is the vision is as much about who we're becoming in that role as what we want to accomplish. And so, for example, I'll give you my, I mean, I'm not looking at anything. I just think about this every day. I have it memorized and it's my internal compass and it's what drives my goals and my pre-week planning. So in the role of husband, I've been married for 23 years and I have four children from ages 19 down to 11, one boy, three girls. And so I think about this every day and it's this, I'm a kind and caring husband who always helps Tanya feel like a 10. I am Mm. totally faithful in thought and action. And I constantly strive to compliment her, serve her and be the husband of her dreams. Mm. Now, is that how it goes in our house every day? No, but that's the whole point is when we're out of alignment with our vision, it's our responsibility to get back in alignment. Uh, You know, as in my role of parent, part of this is that I'm the type of person I want my daughters to marry. Uh. So that guides my actions. Do I raise my voice? If I do, do I apologize? Do I open their door or not? And this guides my actions. What kind of memories are we developing? Am I empowering my girls to become the best versions of themselves that they can become? And so our vision by role should drive a behavior within us. It should be like an internal compass for us. And there's different ways to go about that and get to it. And I have a vision board and so do our kids. And I love that you're doing that because that supports our written vision by role. And that that becomes a part of it, you know, long-term. What are the things that we want to accomplish and do and become? So that's a start. There are several questions in chapter three that a person can think about. And it's, it's a good question on your part. We invite people to fire up their imagination before working on their vision. Hmm. In other words, think about the things that matter most to them so that they can incorporate those into their vision. So questions like what you're asking there, just a little longer horizon in five to 10 years, where do you want to be and what do you want to have accomplished in 50 years from today? How do you hope other people will look back and describe you? What do you want to improve about your job, your community, and your home? So these are questions that get the mind going, and there's several more, but that's the idea. These are the questions that fire up our imagination so that we can take the answers and incorporate those into our vision. And then it's the roles and goals and pre-week planning that makes them a reality. 
I love that. I love that. Because some of the questions we were asking when they were writing their vivid vision was, you know, they set a, a, a sales goal and then it was, you know, who do you have to become in order to get there? Who do you have to cut out of your life in order to, to get there? Who do you have to bring into your life in order to get there? What are people saying about you now that you've reached that goal? What are people think? you know, what's the media saying about you? What's your family saying about you? What are your parents saying about, you know, all these different things. And it really drives home the idea of this is a possibility. Like I can become this person. And which brings me to the next section, which is your roles and goals. You know, you kind of mentioned it when you were talking about the vision, but the becoming part, that's where the real power lies, right? The goal is great and the, the result is awesome and we are going to get there. But every time you reach a level, there's always something else you can go to. There's always another goal you can reach. And so the process is much more important. When you talk about those roles and goals, you know, how much of that is process and becoming versus attaining? Yeah, it's a little bit of both, right? And, you know, one of my favorite quotes is this, good, better, best, never let it rest till the good is better and the better is best. In other words, it doesn't matter what our starting point is today. And you use the word becoming, which I love rather than become, because becoming is a lifelong journey. Yes. I'm not sure that we ever get there in this life. We can move forward. And I believe that, you know, we have this God-given talent that we're here for a purpose on this earth. And we're like an elastic band. An elastic band was not designed or made to sit in a drawer and just be stale. It'll break if it does. Whereas we're designed to be stretched, not overstretched, but stretched. And I believe that's what we're here as humans to do. And so that's why writing goals the right way makes all the difference in the world. You know, as we articulate in the book, at least from our perspective, the vision, there's a feeling, there's an emotion, there's a drive to it. The goals are the very specific milestones. We don't use the words more or better. We even avoid the words daily because pre-week planning takes care of the daily side in most cases. And so, you know, it's a huge difference between saying like, uh, let's see, read more books or lose mm -hmm. weight or be a better communicator or make more money. Those aren't goals. You know, they're thoughts and their intentions, but contrast that to something like run a half marathon by November 1st. That's a very different target. And this is all fighter pilot driven. I mean, we had to do this every time we flew, we got critiqued on our goals and objectives for the flight. Every word had to be precise and it mattered. And so this is taking one of those fighter pilot isms out and, and really wording it the correct way because 85% of New Year's resolutions are broken by January 15th. Yep, two weeks in. And so this is not a New Year's resolution. This is setting goals in a way that really creates, like you said, an alignment towards what matters most. And I would just ask anybody who's listening or watching this, if you had to think about your five to seven roles, I mean, we've been talking about high school students. If I shift the discussion just to parents and adults for a second, only 10% of adults, employees, have both personal and professional written goals. So again, we've heard a lot about them through our lifetime, but they're rarely being done. And I'd say it's even rarer to have them done in a way that sets someone up for success. And if you could identify in your roles this year, in our remaining four months or so of this year, how would you measure success in your role as a parent or as a spouse or as a manager, a CEO or entrepreneur? How about personally? And those then become part of your goals, you know, specific measurable goals. Maybe it's a certain for you personally, maybe it's a certain heart rate. Maybe it's a certain cholesterol level. Uh, there's a lady who went through this process of do what matters most. And in six weeks, she lost 40 pounds. She came off three medications she started scheduling time with her kids that she wasn't before. And that's the power in looking at our lives through the lens of roles. And if you don't mind, I'll just share one more 
little saying that we use that goes along with this. And that is that we will either lead a life by design or we will live a life by default. Mm -hmm. And this process of going through our vision and goals by role allows us and empowers us to lead a life by design because we're looking at more than just our work, right? We're looking at each area of our life that's a key area, the key role and asking what is the vision and then what are the specific milestones or goals for this year that would allow us and move us towards making that vision a reality. And there's such a power and focus that comes with that. Well, and let's, let's hit into this, this last section, the pre-week planning. Um, you know, part of what makes a fighter pilot effective is also the routines that they have when they get to their plane, they're going to do their checklist right before they even get the plane to go in the air. There's so many things that they have to do on a routine level. Uh, and pre-plan or pre-week planning should be one of those routines. Taking a look at your calendar, making sure you have your appointment set, making sure you have your you time set. Where where you where's you're gonna work out be? What time are you cutting off? Like all these pre-planning things that have to go in effect. Um, I know for me personally, th there are certain routines like my morning workout routine. If I don't do it, I feel like crap the rest of the day. Even though I might be tired after I do it, I'm still feel like. I've accomplished at least that portion of the day. I feel successful having done it versus skipping a part of my routine. Uh, it keeps me focused. It keeps me going in that forward direction. When you talk about pre-week planning, how much of that has routines built into it? Oh, yeah, it's huge. So <clears throat> I love the way you introduced that. Would anybody, you know, you guys live in San Diego. Would you ever go jump on a jet that's flying from San Diego to New York if you knew the pilots had skipped pre-flight planning? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. We never would, right? We'd jump off the plane as fast as we could. So pilots always do their pre-flight planning before they go out and fly their mission, their, whatever they're going to do. Well, likewise, how many people go into their weeks without a plan and expect a similar result as a pilot would get without doing their pre-flight planning? Chaos. Too many. And so pre-week planning, <clears throat> excuse me, typically takes between 20 to 40 minutes. It's usually best done on a Saturday or Sunday. And it is that exact process for scheduling your priorities rather than prioritizing your schedule. So it's not just what do I have to do this week? That's traditional reactive planning, which is still good. In the spirit of good, better, best though, we invite people to do pre-week planning for four weeks and see what impact it has in their lives. And imagine if a father or mother, a husband or wife, or anybody is looking at their week through the lens of pre-week planning, asking what can they do in each of those roles this week? Not what do they have to do? What can they do? And that's why creativity goes up. Productivity skyrockets in the workplace and personally. And it impacts every area of our life. And I'll say this, that if we want to be successful in business, that's amazing. But no success in business can compensate for failure in the home. Mm. At least in my opinion. And it is possible to have a balance of success stories. And I'll just share something, you know, since we have a few minutes here. My mom passed away at the end of 2020 from early onset Alzheimer's. She was 65. I watched this decline in an amazing lady over the course of 10 years. And I realized as I stood in her closet a couple weeks after she was had passed away and my brothers and my sister were cleaning out her closet. And I'll tell you, she devoted her life to serving others. Hmm. And I had this epiphany and I realized here's all her dresses, her earrings, her necklaces. None of that is going with her. The only two things she took with her was who she became and the relationship she developed and who she touched and influenced. Yep. And that's why pre-week planning is so powerful. We cannot delay. We cannot procrastinate what matters most until next month, until next year, because tomorrow's not guaranteed for any one of us. 
And that's how we lived as a fighter pilot. We knew it inherently. Every flight could be our last. And so we really tried to make the most of our time. And pre-planning gives people a process. That's what most people are craving is, is all I know is sticky notes and to-do lists. Give me something else, a process. And that's what it is. It's a process. How does a sales team go from 17 to 34 sales? How does a Pepsi executive reconnect with his son after seven years of not talking with him and finding out on that initial call when he does it, that he has two grandchildren who he didn't know existed? Hmm. How does a father or mother re-engage with their children? Like you said, our own health, whether it's exercise or anxiety or depression, how do we move forward through those things and make time for ourselves? And that all comes down to pre-week planning. And that's why I would suggest in our remaining time, it's the number one habit that someone could develop in their lives and maintain because everything else comes as a result of it. Workout, like you said, exercises and certain parts to your point are our routine. Other parts, every time a person does pre-week planning, they're coming up with new ideas. And that's why a person who does pre-week planning will accomplish 800 to 1,000 additional things this year than someone who doesn't and all with less stress. And so it's liberating, it's freeing, and it's exciting. And a lot of people like to use the extension for Google that we just released uh, two weeks ago, and others like to use the paper planner. So it doesn't matter whether you're an online person or paper, the process of pre-week planning works for both. Man, Rob, so little time and we just barely scraped the surface. Yeah. There's so much powerful information that you shared today. I know that your books are just packed with more stuff. So if people want to work with you, hire you for a speaking engagement, get your book, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, probably three different things. That's right, Hernan. The becomingyourbest.com is the best place to go. If anyone wants to get certified as a do what matters most trainer or coach, speaking, training, anything in that arena, becomingyourbest.com. Next easiest step is to simply get the book. Go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever. For me, Amazon is easiest. Uh, do what matters most of the book. And I would invite you to commit to read it in the next 30 days and test the power of the habits. See what impact they have in your lives. And this may be one of the most important things you ever do in your life. That's a bold statement. I invite you to test it and see if it's true. Nothing to lose, everything to gain. And then third, you know, to complement habit number three and what you read about pre-week planning, get the extension for Google or Outlook at dowhatmattersmostapp.com. Dowhatmattersmostapp.com and, and test pre-week planning. See what impact it has in your life. And I promise that it will be one of those things that is life-changing. And I appreciate you tuning in today. And I appreciate both of you hosting this. I mean, what a great podcast and show. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Look, ladies and gents, really what it comes down to is you got to make a decision. I heard this saying once that you're born looking like your parents, but you die looking like the decisions that you've made in your life. So it's up to you. You want a better financial outlook? You want a better health outlook? You want a better you in general? You want more friends, more family, more fame, more fortune? You got to decide. You got to make a choice at one point in your life that what you're doing isn't working. So you got to make a change. And this is one of those opportunities for you to literally become your best. So check out uh, becomingyourbest.com. Make sure you guys check out the books on Amazon. Rob, thank you very much for coming on the show. We're big on uh, testimonials. So I'm going to ask you two questions. Uh, one, what was your experience like on the Business Bros podcast? And two, who should be listening to the show? Uh, first of all, I love your energy. I love this podcast. I've been on a lot of podcasts and you have an incredible energy about you. That is so contagious to the people who are listening. Who should listen to this? Everybody. I mean, I could just tell from our conversation, you know, who would benefit from this? An entrepreneur, a CEO, a team member inside a company, 
a mother, a father, a student. Uh, even in our short conversation, I'm confident that anybody would benefit from subscribing to this podcast and listening to it consistently. I know I'm going to. Awesome. Thank you, Rob, very much. You heard it, ladies and gents. Look, here's what it comes down to in your business. First, you got to change you. You got to change your mindset. Get yourself believing that it's possible because it is. You can do it. And then number two is you got to build a business. You got to get more customers. And we specialize in doing that video uh, via video testimonials and paid ads. You got to get customers. You got to grab attention. Bring them your way. So if you guys need help doing that, go to businessbros.biz and we can help you do that right away. Rob, thank you very much for coming on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my favorite day of the week, SHIT. So happy it's Thursday. And of course, can't leave the show without paying some more Imagine Dragons because that is just straight fire. I mean, you can't start a show with fire unless you end it with fire. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you guys again manana. Peace. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.